and welcome to another episode of Write With Influence. This is a show where I share my experiences of being a copywriter, tell you about tips I've learned and answer your copy questions. Today I want to talk to you about making a big deal out of little details. Sometimes the little things count. If you've ever had a tiny bit of eggshell in your sandwich, a grain of rice in your shoe, or a bite from a mosquito, you know how even small things can cause a big effect. People can also judge you on small details. So you could be wearing a beautiful suit, be impeccably dressed, but maybe you're in a bit of a rush. You have a cup of soup and you've got a slight stain of oxtail on your tie. People are going to notice that and probably write you off as sloppy, even though it's just a small thing, just a tiny dash of oxtail. I found that parents are excellent at this, so you may have carved out a wonderful life, career, home for yourself, but if you don't have a milk jug, a peg bag, or know how to darn a sock, they're never going to believe that you've actually got your shit together. I mean, how can you call yourself an adult if you don't know how to make jam or starch collars? But just as people can make a negative judgment from a small detail, they can also make positive judgments from small details. I started thinking about this, about the idea of making a big deal out of small details and covering it on the podcast because I'd been asked to create some copywriting training for nonprofits. And one challenge that nonprofits have is that donors understandably want to know where their donation is going, right? And I can understand that. I feel good if my donation is being used to buy a food parcel or build a well, I feel a connection to that result. But how do I feel possibly if my donation is going to pay the light bill in the office or getting stationery printed and branded pens? So a challenge that a lot of charities have is that they can't promise all of their donations are going to go and build the well. Um, so I designed this training to help organizations build a story around the importance of these seemingly small things and then show how these small details are actually vital to the bigger transformations. And you can absolutely apply the same approach for commercial products. And it's not just a way of stacking the value of what you do. This is also a great way to come up with lots and lots of different content ideas that you can use in blogs or emails to remind people about what you do without saying the same thing again and again. Now, I looked at that previously in episode 14, if you're interested, how to repeat your sales message without sounding spammy. So before I walk you through how this works, I want you to spend a few moments thinking about the last great day that you had. And it doesn't have to be an award-winning great front row seats at a Dolly Parton contest great, you know, but it shouldn't just be a regular humdrum. I was, guess that was an okay kind of day, kind of day. Maybe you had a racing tip that paid off or your food delivery company made a mistake, sent two salmon on croots and said, keep them both. Okay, thinking about it, have you got a day? Now, what made it great? So imagine that you're sitting down now to dinner with your family and you say, do you know what? I had a wonderful day because what would you tell them? Now, I don't know what it might be, but it could have been a promotion or a good exam result, a bump in sales, or just an appreciative message from someone you've not heard for a while. Now, I have a list of things here, but I'm going to bet that they did not make your list. You ready? Okay, these are cleaning your teeth, having a hot shower, eating breakfast, wearing clean clothes. Now, why might these things not make your list? Why wouldn't you sit down with your family and say, God, this was an awesome day. I cleaned my teeth. 
Well, because they are little things. And if you were raving about cleaning your teeth, your family might be a little bit worried. Why aren't you just doing that every day? You know, these are not the stuff of interesting stories. They're the everyday, the boring, they're the mundane, but they're still important. And I want you to flip that around and imagine a day without those things. Imagine, for example, someone's forced you to go camping, but hasn't let you prepare. So for a couple of nights, you're sleeping on the cold and comfortable ground, you're in the same clothes, you can't shower, you don't have your toothbrush, and instead of a kitchen where you could whip up a quick cheese and pickle sandwich, you're foraging for like berries and leaves that aren't gonna kill you. Then after a couple of days in the wilderness, you get to go home. How good does it feel to get back home to those small comforts? So while we probably wouldn't talk about these as highlights of a great day, we would definitely complain about them if they weren't there. And that's what I want you to do is to start thinking about the small but vital details in your business, in your organization. Because when you learn to find value in small details, it's one of those skills that, if you've been writing copy for a few years, becomes a bit of a secret weapon. Because when you can go into a business and you can spot the small details and tell a good story around it, quite often you can build a lot of value out of what most people overlook. Because you know, a lot of organizations are looking for that big idea, a flashy new tagline. But if you're smart, you can look for those small, mundane, boring details and create a different story. And using small details to write great copy isn't new in the commercial world. So a famous example of this is Schlitz beer. Now, if you're not familiar with the story, definitely look it up, but I'll give you a brief overview. So back in the twenties, the Schlitz brewery was fifth in sales in the US. And it was a time when a lot of companies were promoting purity as a selling point in their beer. Everyone was trying to make sales by saying the same thing. You know, I mean, that hasn't changed today. How often do we see that happening? You know, different companies all promising you that you can save money, save time, do more with fewer resources, make better decisions faster, etc., etc. We hear a lot of the same thing. And one of, one of the big challenges in copywriting is how do I say something different? So Schlitz hired Claude Hopkins, a serious copywriter, and he would spend time researching, understanding the products he promoted. And one of the things he asked to do was to tour the brewery and see how the beer was made. Now all the beer companies were promising purity, but he wanted to see how it was done. He was shown the plate glass rooms where the beer was cooled by filtered air to eliminate impurities. He saw how the bottles were sterilized, not once, twice, but four times before being filled with beer. And he was shown the 4,000 foot deep wells dug to provide the cleanest water. And he took notes of everything. From there, he started to list all these things that Schlitz beer were doing to ensure the purity and he presented what he found. Now, something to remember is this. When I say small details, I don't mean the size of them because a 4,000 foot well is, isn't small. I mean, that's massive. But the brewery thought the value of them was small and as such weren't important enough to be part of the marketing. Now, have you ever thought about that before? You get an idea for writing copy and you think, ah, that doesn't seem that dramatic or interesting enough and you throw it away. Well, you could be overlooking these small but vital details and you could be throwing away some great ideas. So what happened when they started running campaigns that talked about the how? Well, it worked. And apparently they shot up in sales and were able to go from fifth to neck and neck first in sales. So they made their promise of purity stand out with these tiny, seemingly mundane details. And it's really important to remember that 
something which seems small and unimportant to you might just mean the world to someone else. We are gathered here today for the unveiling of my evil power machine. For eight years, three months and two days, I've laboured upon this idea that I could build a machine to give me control of everything. Everything in the world will come under my command. Government, the police, the army, the national infrastructure. I can make trains run on time. But I won't. It's not very evil. We've come a long way since the first inception to start with. I could only control small things, like my bladder in the stationery store. The excitement around post-its always makes me want to pee just a little. But then, I could control others. Again, not a major influence, it was limited by distance, and I did manage to get the postman to deliver to a somewhat regular routine. Although I couldn't stop him whistling total eclipse of the heart. And I realised the power machine needed more power. And so I have spent the past year working on the heart of the machine. The component has been hooked up to a Type-C charging port for months, absorbing power from the national grid. When I attach it to the rest of the evil power machine, I'll have control of everything. Here it is. What? Oh, where is it? it? It was here the other day. Oh, Mom! Mom! Why have you got your lights out? Good, good gosh, Henry. Evil power lord. This room's a mess. You better tie this up before the cleaner gets here. I'm not having a sifting through your Spider-Man briefs just to vacuum the floor. Mom! your friends? They're my puppets, ready to do my evil bidding. Nicholas, isn't it? And Walter. Oh, your mums are in my reading group. Would you like some tea and toast? Oh yeah, thanks. Mum! What? Have you seen the heart of my evil power machine? What does it look like? Small black box with a little skull on it. That th I threw it out. What? No, I'm sorry Henry, but we've been through this. It was on the living room floor for weeks. I asked you several times to put it in your room, and I figured, well, it can't be that important, so I threw it out. Well, that took me ages to build. Well, then you should have looked after it. But how am I going to take control of everything? You can't take control of everything. You can't even control your bladder in staples. Oh, there's the postman. God, he's late again today. Mm. So I'm going to walk you through how I did this for the non-profit training. Here's how it works. You think about a product or a service you offer customers and think about a promise you want to make to your customer about that product or service. Then you're going to pick some important customer experience details. These are things that your customer can see. And then finally, we're going to pick our small or sometimes I refer to these as our behind the scenes details. So for example, in the case of the Schlitz beer, the product is beer. The promise was the purity of the beer. Now the customer experience, remember these are details that customers can see or hear or feel. So maybe the taste, it may be the crisp flavor. What is a customer going to experience when using this product? And then the behind the scenes details, these are those small mundane details that make the customer experience possible. For example, the 4,000 foot well. So for our non-profit example, I chose an organisation that supported people who had a health crisis. And the service that we decided to focus on was a, a home visit from a nurse. Now the promise that we wanted to make is that through the home visit, clients would feel supported and cared for. And when thinking about the customer experience details for this, you know, I jotted down some very simple things that the client would experience. For example, the nurse would turn up on time, 
the nurse would be wearing a clean, smart uniform and have the correct medication or information needed. Now I'm just going to focus on just one of these for this example. Let's take turning up on time. How is it possible that these nurses turn up on time for appointments? I mean, it's an important part of the home visit. What makes that happen? Well, this is when we go behind the scenes. So remember Claude Hopkins, he wanted to tour the brewery to see how the beer was made. Well, we need to start doing that with our organizations and our companies. We might find, for example, in this case, that there's a whole team of people working hard to schedule appointments or perhaps uh, there's been an investment in calendar software to make it easier for nurses to track and keep their appointments. By linking all of these different details, the service you offer, the promise you want to make, the customer experience, and the behind the scenes details, we're starting to build a bigger picture of value. And we can turn this into copy. For example, if I was writing a donation email for this organization, including some of these different details, I might write something like this. When you're living with a health crisis, every second is important and precious. We don't think people should wait any longer than they need to before they get support from a home visit by a nurse. That's why we're always working hard to make sure nurses spend more time doing what matters most, caring for clients. Now you might not realize this, but your support means we can use software to help clients and nurses schedule appointments faster. And what this means is that clients spend less time on the phone making appointments, more time with their family. Nurses spend less time on paperwork and more time helping people in need. And back office staff spend less time juggling calendars so they have more time to answer phones faster and spend more time talking to clients when they call. These improved efficiencies mean we can have a bigger impact, provide more support, and that's just one of the many ways your donation helps. And then we would transition into the request for a donation. So. This is a very simple example. As I say, with all examples, you know, this isn't the only, the best way to write copy, but it should illustrate how we're pulling these details, some of them very small, into a bigger story about value. And as I said before, this isn't limited to nonprofits. Let's say you're a teacher and you're running online sessions by video. Okay, that's your service. And perhaps one of the behind the scenes details is that, you know, you set yourself reminders 30 minutes ahead of a lesson so that you can start preparing for it. The customer experience detail is that not only do you turn up on time, that's something that they experience, but they also turn up and you're fully prepared to crack them with the lesson straight away instead of having to spend time catching up on the previous one or spending that first five, 10 minutes on chit chat. And the promise, because of the way that you do this, could be that you deliver a more efficient use of your time together so that your students can progress further and faster. These small details are a way of providing proof around the promises that you want to make. And it really is worth spending some time doing a tour of your brewery, so to speak, and just trying to piece together. Why are you able to give such a good customer experience? What are some of the details that go into offering that that customers may not realize and may find interesting? Obviously what you choose is up to you, but seriously looking for and linking small details to your big promise in this way paint a bigger picture of value. Just remember though, I am making the assumption that when we go behind the scenes of your business, we are gonna see something good. And that concludes our two-day self-empowerment business building blueprint bootcamp. What a ride! You have been breaking down barriers to unlock your potential. How does that feel? <gasps>
Do you feel unlocked? Yes. Do you feel like you can go out there and step into your own value yes. and own it? And don't forget, for a limited time, you can join my inner circle, blow your mind mastermind for next year with VIP access, less than three pence a minute for the year. Small price to pay to achieve your dreams and live your best life, don't you think? Yes. And I know some of you have found this bootcamp tough. You've even had questions. You know, is this right for me? When are we breaking for lunch? Why are there no seats? Was that slap really necessary? But I think you understand now that this was the victim in you talking, the warrior. And we're not warriors. What are we? We are. You're a warrior and you're ready to live the life on your terms. Though do remember to stick to our terms or legal will come after you with all the power of a million pound lawsuit. We will bankrupt you. So go out there and get your dreams and remember. Like a good inspirational sports apparel advert once said, don't ask if your dream is crazy. Ask if it's crazy enough. Jeffrey, can you quit your career as a below average web developer and open a successful bakery on the high street despite having no experience, few social skills, a severe wheat allergy and competition from three very well established brands in the area? I believe you can. Sheila, can you launch your new board game, which is basically Monopoly, but with street names from your home village of Napperton? Can you get that deal with John Lewis and avoid copyright infringement claims from Hasbro Games? I believe you can. Now go out there and do me proud. I love you. I love you all. That was great. Well done. Another successful boot camp wrapped up. If I hear another person say, I'm a warrior, not a warrior, I'm going to puke. Just stop asking them to say it then. I've never seen a more sorry group of daydreamers running to the back to lay out 15 grand. They can't afford a shitty mastermind. What are we giving them in the end? Uh, one monthly Q&A call. £1,200 a call, basically. They'll get about five minutes each if they're lucky. That's about £250 a minute they're paying. Idiots. Bit more than three pence a minute then, hey. Oh, and if Jeffrey or Sheila apply, just tell them, no, 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 we're fully booked up. I'm not having them lower the collective IQ of the group with their mental ideas. Hello? Sheila! Hello, darling. Gosh, you already look like you've unlocked some more of your potential. It's only been a few minutes. Your microphone is, is, is still on. Sorry? We, we heard it all. The, the daydreamers, the, the low IQ. Oh, it's not just like Monopoly. It's completely different street names.